and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, we're talking about one of my favorite topics, Keyforge. I'm one of your hosts, Sydney. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. Haven't we already talked about Keyforge? Like, just a few weeks ago? And back in episode 19, 119. Yes, but a lot has happened since then, and we wanted to take another look at where the game has been and where it might be headed. Don't care about Keyforge? That's okay. We'll have some fantasy football reports, so there's something for everyone. I, I, I agree. Um, but first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. You all mean the world to us. Join us live on Zoom. You get to find out super exclusive behind-the-scenes secret stuff that I will not mention here. TabletopGameTalk.com slash live. Join us on Discord because usually lots of cool things are happening there. Lots of cool things have been happening. I've just been neglecting it for the past couple days. And join us on BGA because we just started our Next Station London tournament. And it's too late for you to join that. But if you join us in PGA, you can join the next tournament. And people are already saying Wingspan, which I am doing a strong <laughs> against. But maybe. <laughs> so maybe. I have to brush um, up on the BGA Wingspan. Because I haven't done... I don't know. Like, I fell off the Wingspan bandwagon. It just dropped, like, uh, like last week. Sometime during the I've last seen few it. days it was, is when it became live. It's been in beta for a while, though, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah, 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 I keep seeing it. I mean, like, oh, I should do that. And then I'm like, nah. <laughs> I saw one person make a comment saying it was better than the app. So I'll give it a try and see what it is. I'm looking forward to when it's Hadrian's Wall. <sighs> you, of all people, you the one. You- <laughs> your own <laughs> wife betrayed, Chris, betrayed I by your know. own wife. <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine. Speaking of which, Twilight Inscription showed up this week, and I uh, I was out of town when it came. And I'm like, I knew, like, we were driving out of town. I got a notification about an hour outside of Illinois saying, Ep, it just showed up. And I'm like, uh, we could turn around, right? That <laughs> could be a thing. We didn't. So I've opened it. I've looked at all the glossy stuff, and that's as far as I've gotten. Uh, yeah, we don't have a Fletcher this week, which is partly why we're talking about Keyforge. Partly because, um, you know, if you are a longtime listener, you know that Sydney and I had a huge obsession with Keyforge for quite some time. And it even Kitty got sucked in. <laughs> yes. And then you know that during the pandemic, all competitive in-person stuff just sort of stopped. And then you know that during the pandemic, um, the algorithm, I just love how people call it the algorithm, uh, that generates decks was lost, we believe due to a ransomware attack that FFG decided they didn't want to pay for. And yeah, so we're just going to kind of revisit it because it is now on GameFound. There's a lot of things that have been happening and we want to talk about that. Before we talk about that, though... Um, and th- and Sydney has a podcast, Help from Future Self. She just dropped spoilers for the next set. And other things are going to be happening on that podcast, so keep an ear out. So there's that. So I'm like, well, Fletcher can't be here today, so I'll bring Sydney in. Sydney, what do you want to talk about? And she didn't answer me. She just started talking about Keyforge. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, we have a subject. And the GameFound campaign is still going, so this is also pretty timely. Yes, go to the GameFound campaign, go to Winds of Exchange, and back at whatever level you feel is appropriate. It should be on the homepage. Yes. Uh, But first, and most importantly, Kitty, how was your weekend? 
What did I do this weekend? Oh, it's busy. It's a busy weekend. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. It's it's been Monday all day and the weekend is gone. <laughs> it has been Monday all day. I will give you that for sure. <laughs> um we had we we did a lot of like splitting up and doing one-on-one parenting, which is always fun. It's nice to be able to spend time with just one of your kids when you have multiple kids. Um, so I got to go on a dinner date with my son. It was nice. We went to uh-huh. Buffalo Wild Wings, and he was amazed that there was so much football on. But it was college football, so I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but he did because he just likes football. Because he just likes football. He and he was just excited to be out, and it was fun. Uh, he insisted on pushing the cart without me touching it at all at Target, which was delightful. Except that he can't see over the cart, so that's something. <laughs> Um, and we went to a birthday party where there was a pinata. And like the highlight of his weekend was that when the pinata broke, he ran in to get the candy. But as is always the case with pinatas, especially these days, when it broke, it was just the box fell off the string. So all the candy was still inside a box except like three pieces. So one of the adults picked it up and rained candy down on them. And he's like, it fell on my head and I got all <laughs> the candy. There were so many treats. And I was like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> yep. so that was hey, really, as long as the really swinger sweet. isn't still swinging the bat, you're fine. And oh, even yeah. sometimes if they are. <laughs> uh, the problem with this pinata was that the bat seemed to be like half a step above like a wrapping paper tube. It was not like a baseball bat. It was not wood. It was just like stiff cardboard up against yeah, like, a was- legitimate cardboard box. And I was like, this is doing yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's not the <laughs> 80s anymore when you can actually use a baseball bat a on a pinata while blindfolded around small children. <sighs> I miss the 80s. I really do. So does Bluey. <laughs> Still the best episode of Bluey. So how is your fantasy team doing? My fantasy team is doing very well, but my phone just died. I'm rummaging for a cord that is going to charge it. That's so okay. I, I just realized I don't have my Vikings phone. Game. Um. I have the Eagles quarterback, and my fantasy performance has come down to this game, and it is um, not close anymore, but um, could theoretically still swing back the other way, but I don't want to jinx it by saying that I have it in the bag, but, you know. You're feeling okay about it? I'm feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, last week I lost both my fantasy leagues. This week I won both my fantasy leagues. Um, Fantasy is really just like rolling a six-sided die, and sometimes numbers come up. That's that's fantasy football. Um, <laughs> in real football news, as opposed to fantasy football news, I'm very disappointed as a Bears fan. It was I'm terrible actually game. totally <laughs> fine with that because because yeah, you have Aaron Rodgers on your fantasy team. I have three Green Bay positions on my fantasy team because I'm Ugh. like you know something. I shall spite the Langleys. That's what it I decided. Was such an unpleasant game to watch. <laughs> it was. And we were watching it with a friend of ours who's like a huge Bears fan. And he's watching, he's like, oh, we just need it to start raining and it'll be fine. And then it did start raining. And then the Bears players all started slipping in the rain and missing things. And it was like, ugh. <laughs> so bad. Sounds like but. a Three Stooges episode. So football's that one, you know, with that round ball that you kick with your foot, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. For, for yeah. most of the world, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Every time Becca sees a soccer ball, she she screams out soccer, and then every time she sees a puppy, she screams out puppy, puppy. too. So she's very uh, energetic about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, 
I, let's see, the things that happened for me this weekend, um, I spent a lot of time with my family, usually for sad reasons, but it also felt like a family reunion at times too. But also I was hanging out with some of my, um, my I called them Michigan Brothers, and I got a notification that my Steam Deck was ready to be purchased. I had 48 hours to make the decision. So now I'm getting a Steam Deck. The only thing I own on Steam is Gloomhaven. And Tabletop Simulator. I hate Tabletop Simulator, so I'm going to be playing Gloomhaven on a Steam Deck, which is a glorified um, uh, Nintendo Switch, I guess, is essentially what it is. So, yeah, I don't know why I'm getting this thing, but everyone says I must get it, so I did. When you pulled out your phone with your email on it, three other people in the room pulled out their phone and showed you theirs. Yes, but they also cheered and said, do it, do it. So... Uh, now I'm getting... Rec- All right, fine. Post in chat any game that you think I should get on Steam, and I will play that on my Steam Deck. So Slay the Spire I have in uh, like 15 other locations. You, mostly on uh, I play that on mobile. But Vampire Survivors. Okay, Monster Train. All right. Yeah, send me your recommendations. I will, I will play these. City Skylines. Okay. See, everyone. Everyone does Steam, apparently. I don't think Courtney does. Courtney's like, nope, I don't do football. I don't do Steam. A little bit of Steam, she says. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was my week slash weekend. The kids got to hang out with their cousins a lot, and they had a blast. And... Let's see, what else? That was it, right? Lots of driving. Yeah, basically a lot of time in the car and a lot of time with kids their age, which was great. Yep, yep. Uh, So, Kitty, when I said, hey, should we talk about KeyForge? Your response... Actually, I did not ask you. I never asked you questions. No, there was no No, no, no. No. I said, I said, um, you said, hey, are we just checking in? How are things going? I said, blah, blah, blah. Are you up for podcasting night or taking a break for the week? I said, nah, we can talk podcasting. Sydney will join us. Uh, Thinking of doing a KeyForge 2. And then you said, KeyForge sounds good. My team is having a weird week. So, yeah. You started the fantasy team. Don't. Don't throw me under there. Like, you, in parentheses, was like, by the way, I'm kicking everyone's butt at fantasy this week. Uh, I said, also, comma, I destroyed in fantasy this week. So I paraphrased, yes. but I feel like I got the spirit of the sentiment there. <laughs> you got it about right. That is true. So, but yeah, so we... Uh, all the way back from... So we were on the east side of Michigan, and all the way back, we were talking Keyforge. And so when I got back, I'm like, we should talk more about Keyforge. Hey, Fletcher Camp, join us. Sydney, would you like to join Keyforge? And she's like, but I'll have to cancel an online Keyforge game to talk about Keyforge on the podcast. And this was a dilemma. This actually was a conversation we had. I I would say a heated conversation. (laughs) Um, Not that she never said that she wouldn't do the podcast. It was whether or not she was going to cancel or reschedule. I wanted to move the podcast, the, the, I wanted to move the game earlier so I could also play the game before we hopped on the podcast, but that would mean neglecting my children. I know that I remind her, like, but we have kids <laughs> and other stuff we do between work and podcasting. Um, but anyway, it's just, it's one of those things where you think you can fit everything in. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to talk about Keyforge and everyone's going to love it. Or tune out now. Don't tune out now. Am I allowed to tune out now? No, you're not allowed (laughs) to tune out now. You just plugged your phone in and you're watching the game again. I hope that the person that I'm not playing Keyforge with right now forgives me for not (laughs) playing Keyforge with them. She's probably listening right now as well. (laughs) She's like, wait a minute. This is why you canceled on me? That's not okay. So, yeah. So, um, let's see. Sydney, you spoiled 
some Keyforge cards this week. I sure uh, did. But we should give a background. We, let's give a background. So right now, if you don't know what Keyforge is, Kitty, I want your explanation to Keyforge. What is Keyforge? How much am I Blank assuming stare. that these people don't know about Keyforge? Everything. Do, do they understand what a collectible card game is? Can I? Yes. Okay. <laughs> is this I am an alien on about Earth? You do I have to are... explain the concept <laughs> <Yes>. of games? <laughs> you are audience. I am deciding what you, what level of knowledge you have right now. Miles, all of you collectively. <laughs> what is a card? <laughs> this is uh, played on rectangular shaped, rounded, cornered pieces of paper that are slightly thick. <laughs> All right, so Keyforge is a unique deck game, not even deck, unique, because you don't build a deck. Um, It's a unique card game. So each deck is created by this algorithm that got stolen. Um, (laughs) 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 Unrelated to gameplay. Um, So each deck is unique. You don't do any creating. You don't do any mixing of cards. You play the deck as it is unwrapped. You have a deck of, is it 33 cards? 36. 36 36 cards. There are different houses that each deck is constructed of three houses. And those are different styles of cards. They're different play styles. Each house is a unique style. The point of the game is you are racing to forge three keys. You do that by collecting a resource called Amber. And when you achieve a certain amount, you will automatically forge a key at the beginning of your turn. The first player to forge three keys wins the game. You did really good. Um, I did when I was play first- this game a lot, to be fair, at the right. beginning. <laughs> but it's hard I'm to describe. I'm not like a novice. When, <laughs> when I first heard about it at Gen Con, when it first was announced, I asked FFG, like, oh, what's the news hotness you have? I asked someone there. It's like, well, we just announced this game, Keyforge, which is like a unique deck game. And I'm like, okay, but what does that every mean? every deck's unique. I mean, I make a magic deck and like nobody else has that, right? So it's like, And I didn't think anything of it. I just walked away. I'm like, okay, lame. <laughs> I think I might have walked by the table and saw the cards on the table, and it was like this bubbly, cartoony art. I'm just like, okay, just it's another good, collectible comic card game. Comic booky, kind of like like '90s comic booky style. Yeah, it's kind of cool how consistent the artists have been from set to set. Yeah, it's not bad art by any means, but it didn't like I didn't think anything of it, and it wasn't until later I'm like, oh, when you say unique deck game, you mean unique deck game. <laughs> It's interesting. such an interesting term because it so well describes what the thing is once you know what it is. But it when does not heard do about it. anything to help you if you don't know what it means. Yeah. <laughs> when I first heard about it, I honestly thought that each card in the deck was going to be uniquely generated. And so mm-hmm. like when I learned that each house, e- each set has a pool of cards and each house has a pool of cards – and the randomness is the fact that the 12 cards from each house in your deck is randomly picked. That blew my mind. Like, it's actually, it attempts to be balanced in that there's three different houses, 12 cards per house. So every deck is going to have that. But that's the only similarity. Less that It's the only thing identical between yeah. every deck. Yeah. And then the, even the backs of the cards are unique because they have a unique piece of art that's gener- computer generated and a unique name. That's generated. So you can't mix and match the cards even if you wanted to. And that was a big thing early in Keyforge's life. People wanted to make their own decks. 
The problem with the game is if you could make your own decks, you could break the game very quickly because there are rules in the software that generates the deck that makes sure that certain things don't happen. And they also make sure that certain things do happen. So if one card refers to goblins, it's also going to make sure that there's goblins in your deck because that wouldn't make for a very interesting deck otherwise. So yeah, so at the very beginning, I'm like, once we figured out what this game was, it was like, wait a minute, I have to get into this. And the three of us actually went to Game Holcon in Wisconsin, Madison, shout out Game Holcon, coming up soon, we'll probably be there. And they were doing a demo because Fantasy Flight is in Minneapolis, which isn't that far from Madison. So they came down as one of the very first places they were doing demos. And if you did a demo, they gave you a deck. And so we all had our decks from the very first set. Um, Sydney's was terrible. Absolutely horrible. I still have mine, and it's still a rather rather good deck. I like it. Um, Kitty, I'm pretty sure you still have your it first deck, It was mediocre. Deck, right? Yeah, I have it. It, yep. it was fine. But Spencer's deck beat all oh, yeah. of us. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, and he didn't care at all. No. He's like, whatever, I'll us. sit down if they're going to give you a deck. He <laughs> did not care. Um so, but we were playing this at Game Holcon and like kind of figuring it out and we just, we couldn't get enough of it. I love the aspect of it that I don't have to build a deck because I hate deck building, mm-hmm. but I still get to collect decks, even though I can't collect everything. Uh, you wouldn't know that by our collection, <laughs> but you still can't collect everything. A lot of people collect in ways that is unique to Keyforge, like it's hard to get one of every card because what's included in your deck is random. So people have like attempted to collect one of every card from each set by just buying decks until they own enough that one that every card shows up at least once in all their decks. Yeah. And we have three, maybe four decks with our last name in it now. Yeah. Because it's in the Italian database, like the Italian um, algorithm, naming algorithm has steel in it. But, well, we have one deck that's Italian, and then we have three other decks that are um, U.S. So, but, yeah, you find other reason to collect. There's no, there's almost no secondary market for these. Almost. Mm-hmm. Like, you can buy secondary decks, or second, uh, decks that are open so people know what they are. Um, but typically, a deck that's been unopened is that lottery ticket that's worth more than the ticket you've scratched off and you know what's there. During the height of Keyforge, when it, the competitiveness, when the competitive scene was really huge, and FFG was obviously continuing to run official play, there was a secondary market for the competitive stuff. But it still was. I mean, yes. I think the difference is I would never sell any of my competitive decks, so sure. there was no secondary market for me. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, the bad stuff was never. You also like, wouldn't eh. buy decks. You the fun of it for you is opening the decks. So like, why would you go out and decks. buy somebody else's deck? Is how you right. always felt yep. about it. If I, yep. I don't need to open put decks. that on you. <laughs> yeah, I have. We've given away oh probably what two hundred decks at least. Um, because like we'll give away on podcast stuff or whatever. But so the decks of Keyforge, which is also a website, website. But <laughs> there's multiple sets, and some sets are better than others. So the second set that the first set that was ever released was amazing. And then they revised the algorithm and the second half of that set and everything that gets printed from that set since then is not as amazing. It's still good. The second set, horrible, has yet to win a competitive event as far as I know. Other I than sealed like, events inside that set. I have one yeah. deck from that set that I still really like, but it's not competitive, but I like it. It's, <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, John asked me if I ever sell games, and no, I don't. I should. <laughs> I've literally bought games just to sell them, and they're still sitting in my basement. Um, That's why you back Kickstarters twice. Yeah, but but Kitty, to your point, uh, um, so the second set in inner set was pretty okay. Like you could play those games; and they were very fine, and they were they were good. I, for my taste, they ran a little long. There was a lot of um, cards that slowed down the game, but in general. The set was was completely fine. Um, so we're talking. All right, let's. We're gonna we're gonna quiz Sydney because she has a Keyforge podcast, so she should know. So first set name: Coda, Call of the Archons. All right. Second set name: AOA, uh, Age of Ascension. All right. So that was the name. third set name: WC Worlds Collide. So Worlds Collide. So Worlds Collide. <laughs> in the first two sets, we had seven houses. Uh, also, quiz the seven houses originally. Oh my god! I I hope nobody from my podcast listens <laughs> to this. All right, so and some are coming back, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, Logos, Untamed, Brobnar, Sanctum, Dis. Um, oh wait for it, Mars, and oh my gosh! I don't know. I lost track of the first five. <laughs> Shadows. <laughs> Shadows! Shadows. Yes! See? Thank you, Kitty. I only know the first two sets, though, because the third set came out and broke my brain, and I was so pregnant, and I was, like, too hormonal, (laughs) and I couldn't deal with it. (laughs) Well, and the third set was probably... Probably still my second favorite set. I still like the first set the most, you but the third set was really good. You loved that set. And the problem was, you. I'm turning your name into a verb, and to Chris someone is to learn a game, <laughs> all the rules, have everything ready to go, and then spring on them. Here's your deck. Now let's play. Um, and you did that I to me I was helping. That. No. It's not helping. It's <laughs> it's so, frustrating as all get out sometimes. And you definitely did that to me. You were like, and you didn't you didn't intentionally do it. I don't think because you had this deck that you were really excited about, and you weren't sure that it could completely gave you destroy everyone. And you gave me you didn't know it was a crappy deck. You gave me a random deck. I'm pretty sure you're like, just open one, have fun, see what's in there. And it was bad, and I couldn't do anything. And that really colored my opinion of that set because that was it. And then I was like shut out and frustrated by that one game. And then um, a pandemic happened. <laughs> and that was it. Well, no, not <laughs> like, yet. Oh, not yet. Played. Almost, though. We almost got to the pandemic. Was I will close. say, by the time Chris catches up to, to current day, that problem is fixed. And I'm really excited to talk about that. Oh, boy. It, no, it's not. We'll get there. There's no way that is. Maybe it is. No, they, they fixed it. Can I, can I interject? No, well, well, let's hold on. We're going to get there, I promise. Okay, okay. So Worlds Collide, this was the first time they removed two of the first seven houses, and they added two additional ones. So now we have Star Alliance, which is basically the Star Star Trek Trek, IP. The Federation. um, (laughs) The Federation. And Saurians, which are diplomatic dinosaurs. Roman dinosaurs. Yeah. So, and both of them, they did this thing. They're introducing a new house for the very first time. So they grossly overpowered them. Like, just ridiculously overpowered. To the point where... If you opened a Star Alliance Saurian deck, as long as it didn't have Brobnar in it, you were like, this is the deck that is going to take me to whatever championship I want. It's kind of funny. Sometimes they didn't vibe with each other, but Star Alliance vibed with every other house, and Saurians vibed with the other strong houses, like, like I guess Sanctum was taken out, um, so like... Brobnar, but in general, it just really was a good house in and of itself, and so it was able to hold a whole deck. Yeah, and we had so we lost Mars, and because Mars was always this weird, 
very selfish. I never enjoyed Mars decks, but Doug was like, <laughs> that was Doug's jam. <laughs> yeah. And it was just this weird thing that everyone's, eh. and then they also removed um, Sanctum. Yes. Which mm-hmm. I really wanted to like Sanctum. Sanctum is like the sanctimonious paladin, angelic thing. And I really wanted to like them, but I hated their play style. I was going to say, I really enjoyed the art, the like story of them. Like a lot of the mechanics felt like they should be cooler than they were, but it never vibed. Yeah. They were very well featured in the second set, and they are very armored and board centric. And Healy. And they would just get on the board and grind the game to a halt. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really hated them from that. But so they removed those two houses and added two new ones. Um, so after Worlds Collide, we got... Mass Mutation, MM. All right. Mass Mutation introduced a new mechanic, which is the Enhance mechanic. So did Worlds Collide. Mm-hmm. Um, Ward. World Collide had Ward, which uh, essentially makes a creature invulnerable to the next source of damage. Um uh, Age of Ascension, the second set, had anomalies. A lot of... No, no. Worlds Collide had the uh, anomalies. Uh, it, it no, Age of Ascension anomalies. Age, I, we, no, oh, they had legacies. They had legacies yes. and anomalies, didn't no, they? they? No, Worlds Collide had the anomalies. All right, well, I'm going to trust you. You got the podcast. Um, so, yeah. So, Age of Ascension had legacies, which means that cards that weren't in the set at all could be just randomly appear in the set. Um, with anom- anomalies, there were cards from the future that could show up in the set. And they may or may not actually appear in future sets, but in this case, there were 10 of them. And so far, I think we've seen, what, four? No, we've definitely seen, well, so two that have been printed in sets since, but one will be in the next set to come out. At least we think so. Correct. Yeah. So, all right, so that was, so. but the other thing that Mass Mutation added was enhancements. And enhancements are awesome. So a, if a card gave enhancements you would see it on the card it could be a creature an action whatever but then a different card in the deck would have a pip added to it so that could either be amber once you play the card or a point of damage when you play the card or a capture icon so when you play that card a creature on your board captures a an amber and so or a draw a card or draw a card you're right and draw a card so there were cards in your deck that gave those icons to other cards in your deck, but those were random. And so not a single deck would have the same cards, but now not a single deck would have the same um, enhancements printed on the same cards. Yeah, so you could have a card that is like actually unique because it got three enhancements put on it and there's no other card like that in existence. The problem is this broke the... Algorithm. Not the algorithm, but the database because there was no way to actually know by looking at the database where these enhancements came from or where they went to you know where they came from you don't know where they went to um so michael asks, and this is a a really good question so do you only play decks within the same set sometimes keyforge (laughs) has sometimes right so keyforge has um multiple different versions of competitive and organized play or at least did and that's one of the things we'll talk about it because it will change in the future um, one of the versions is the sealed version. And in that version, you get three decks. You open them up, you pick one, and that's the deck you're going to play the entire time. And you're only going to play against decks of the same kind. And usually in a sealed 
com- competition, you will only receive decks of the same set. Like it is just extraordinarily common. It is the default that if you're playing a sealed game, you're going to receive decks within the same set that everyone else is receiving. Yeah. But we have played in non-official vault tours where you'd get one of each set when the first three sets are something you could pick the one you wanted. And then everyone picked the first set because that one had <laughs> the most broken of decks. Um, but there's also Archon. Uh, which you are always playing an Archon. Like each deck has a name and that's the name of the Archon of that deck. Uh, but the Archon version, you can bring whatever you want. So you can bring any set and any deck and you can play it against all so, the other ones. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like the way that FFG labeled it, there were formats, which was Archon or Sealed. And so you either knew the deck you were bringing or didn't know the deck you were bringing. And then the second label they gave were Variants, which was the way that you would play. So you would either, let's say it was Survival, or you would bring three decks and play those until you were knocked out. Or it was Reversal, where you would bring your deck and hand it to the other player and try to beat them Beat your own deck and piloted by them with the deck they get, gave you. So the variants were how you played. The format was whether you knew the deck you were bringing coming in, which is called Archon, or you didn't, which is called Sealed. Yeah. And Sealed typically for competitive events were about 50% more attended than Archon. It's so much more fun to blame the deck when you lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and with a sealed with a sealed deck, you just, or game, you can open up three decks, pick the one that you think is the best and play it. And you, no matter what, that is the most non-pay-to-play, pay-to-win exactly. version of the game. Exactly. Yeah. So, and people loved it. And it actually was a great format for stores, too. Mm-hmm. Because when you go to a store, uh, typically you didn't have three decks at the store. You just bought one. Mm-hmm. And everyone would open up their one deck and you'd play, um, you know, three games or so and see where it came out. And it was fun because then you went home with a deck. Even if you lost, you still went home with a deck of cards that you could play. And that's where we found one of our steel decks. Yeah, someone next to me opened up Lance Corporal Steel, and I'm like, what? Because he just said it out of jest. Like, haha, Lance Corporal Steel. I'm like, what did you just open? <laughs> like, I will give you money for that right now. I like, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I'll give you money for it. He's like, okay. So he played through the deck, and it's a pretty good deck. It's a fun deck. Um, but yeah, so that was my first deck that was... That's also the cleanest version of our name in any deck as well. Uh, yeah, that is accurate. So Because you can get some pretty <laughs> wacky uh, deck names. So the next set after Mass Mutation. Okay, so now we need to pause a little bit because Kitty mentioned the pandemic. And I don't know if, like our current listeners, they probably don't know about the pandemic. It happened a long time ago. (laughs) But um, yeah, so the set was announced. And then shortly after the set was announced, the pandemic was announced. And that created a problem for in-person play. Now, before Mass Mutations, though... And I don't know, the order is a little bit unsure, but there was a announcement for the Vault Warrior. Yes. So Keyforge was doing gangbusters for Fantasy Flight. And they said, you know something? We can put a little bit of money into this. We're going to make a $100,000 like world tour type of thing where you'd go and you compete at all these qualifying events. And eventually you would end up in, I was Florida, right? I think the final. No, they were going to have it. Oh, I don't know. I thought they were going to have it in their home. Uh, yeah. The truth is, facility. it was never really announced and nobody ever knew. But they had announced a bunch of locations where they were going to have all these like major qualifiers. And But if you were on the leaderboard, so if you'd played in a lot of these, the, vault their vault tours, then you would get an invite if you're in the top 100. Well, Sydney is sitting at number 35. 
37? Hey, I think I'm... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm at 35. <laughs> yeah. um, that actually kind of went back and forth and back and forth. But it, the fact that we're so close together is kind of phenomenal because we've never won the same thing. But um, so we both got invites to this vault tour. What? Oh, no. That was the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, too. There's a lot of confusing things going on at, at that time. Doug, too, right? And Doug got oh, invited yeah. as well. Yeah. So the three of us Not that me. probably would have gone as one team... All had invites. All had invites. Yeah. Yeah. And you only needed one. And then and the world's event was going to be a team event. Uh, so th- there's two things I'm talking about at the same time. And I know that's confusing. Vault Warrior was the money version, which anybody could qualify for if you played. And then the world's was the invite version that if you had been playing in the vault tours, you could get an invite to that. Um, one of the things that Christian Peterson of Ghost Galaxy, the new owners of Keyforge, wants to do is simplify how organized play works. We'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> yeah, we are halfway through the episode. So if we want to start getting to the new stuff. Oh, we're going to get there. But we got to talk about worlds and what happened there. Because now all this is like <laughs> grudging matter, up memories. But start. It does. So yeah, so worlds, worlds came around. And then the pandemic it had him canceled like two weeks before mm-hmm. because it was like, we're everyone's locking down for two weeks and it was going to be fine. Two more weeks and it's going to be fine. Two more weeks and it's going to be fine. Uh, we're canceling 2020. So mm-hmm. that also included Worlds and the next two years and Worlds never happened. And Mass Mutations did come out during the pandemic, adding this enhancements. And then so did Dark Tidings, my least favorite set of them all. I would rather play AOA than Dark Tidings gauntlet throne i'm just saying it's a terrible (laughs) set um but why don't you tell us why it's a terrible set so dark tidings (laughs) was a hard set to play in person and this never actually ended up happening a lot because of the pandemic but because the board had so many creatures it wasn't fun to play the game the way that the creatures were dealt with the main mechanic for the new house in dark tidings The new house was called Unfathomable. There were fish creatures. The main mechanic was, again, like AOA, to slow down the game, to make your creatures more useless. And so going to time happened a lot more often. But again, people weren't playing in person. So because they weren't playing in person, they didn't actually have to manage the insanity that was sitting in front of you on a table. And so they didn't actually get frustrated with it as much as people who did play in person. You said they didn't play in person. How did they play? They played online. But wait, FFG had a, an official online version of Keyforge? I wish they did. <laughs> this was a fan-made, is is still in operation, a fan-made site, and where a lot of people still go to play Keyforge if they are playing it at all. Uh, the Crucible, right? The Crucible? Yeah, TCO, The Crucible Online, yeah. if you Google it. Yeah. TheCrucible.online is the title. And so it works basically off of the the... Decks that you have in person, you can uh, scan the QR code into the Master Vault. So to FFG's Master Vault. And then you can upload it into TCO by taking the URL link from the FFG's Master Vault and pasting it into the uh, the deck upload into TCO. And then you have the deck. So you do have to own it in person to play it. But it has all of the capabilities. Well, you don't have to. You can play anyone else's deck. But if you want to confirm that you own it, you can have a certified, yes, I own this deck. Accurate. That's so true. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about it that way. But you, uh, the deck has to exist. And that is how that works. Yeah. So um, you're going to take a break. <laughs> we are... Uh, our, our two-year-old just fell out of the swing that we have him occupied in so that we don't have to... Uh, no, he's three now. Man, that kid's getting old. 
the two-year-old is sleeping because she's a good sleeper. He's going to be four soon, man. He's going to be four in January. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but to pick up where Sydney left off, essentially, the game went online. And then the algorithm was hacked and the game died. And FFG announced, hey, we're going on a hiatus. We have this next set, but we're not going to do anything with it because, well, we can't generate new decks because our software has been hacked. Now, they said the algorithm was lost, which oversimplifies what actually happened. By the best accounts, what we can um, piece together is FFG's FFG was attacked with like a ransomware attack during the time that all those things were happening. And not only the Keyforge software, but other software was also caught up in this mix. How it's possible that the software didn't have a redundant source control, some like copy of the source someplace is beyond me. Uh, but that's the situation that happened and they had to like rewrite everything to get it back up and going. Well, Asmodee owns FFG and Asmodee says, eh, maybe it's not worth doing this. So Christian Peterson, who was the founder of Fantasy Flight Games and the creator of Twilight Imperium, has since left FFG, actually left Asmodee as he became, he was the CEO of Asmodee North for a little while, left Asmodee, started his own companies. One of them is Ghost Galaxy. One of the things he said is, you know something? I think this unique deck printing thing, there might be something to this. So maybe I'll just like invest in some machines and put them in Minnesota so I can print stuff whenever I want. And he did. And he made a decent amount off of the Arkham Horror print-and-play stuff and then the Twilight Imperium print-and-play stuff that Fantasy Flight sometimes puts out. Then he decided, like, well, what if I just buy Keyforge? (laughs) And I'm glad he did. Because as you do. So... The thing with Keyforge is, and th- we talked about this a couple episodes ago when we talked about Gen Con. Nobody really knows if Keyforge is dead or not. There's a diehard fan base. Um, but in general, it's like, well, the retailers were kind of burned on Keyforge. So what is is the retailer, you know, is that coming back at all? Are people still interested in this game? So we decided to do a game found. And if you go to GameFound and you search for Keyforge, you don't even have to search for it. Just go to GameFound. It's one of the first things that pops up. You will find Keyforge, Winds of Exchange. This is the next set that's coming out. Fantasy Flight mostly completed this set. Um, but they have they have taken everything over and they're doing another pass at the set. They're like, we know that, yes, it's been play tested, but we want to take a pass at it, make sure that it's all good. Um, but depending on funding... We will release the set in January, which is not that long away. And they can do it because they own the printing presses and it's all state bound. Um, So they are currently, they had a $50,000 goal and that's a relatively low goal. They really didn't want to hit that. But as of Monday night, 9.41 p.m., if you'd like to be listening live, tabletopgametalk.com slash live, (laughs) Uh, you can see that they're at $631,518 with 3,500 backers. That is relatively respectable for a crowdfunding campaign. Especially on GameFound. Um, I I give GameFound, but yeah, especially on GameFound, fine. <laughs> um, so they're doing really well. And one of the things that they originally announced is they're not going to do um, other languages, but they almost immediately put up pledge levels that would allow them to add in different languages. Stretch goals. Stretch goals, yeah. So the European languages were unlocked at 400? I think they were 500. 500, somewhere around there. 
And at 7.50, they'll unlock a lot of the um, like Asian languages, I think Japanese, Chinese. Those will be unlocked at 7.50. And then they've added a bunch of other things. One of the things that I really like is you can get your own your name on a Keyforge deck. So there's a pledge level where you can be like, I want to put Chris Steele on a Keyforge deck. And you can get a Keyforge deck with your name. And it's completely random. It'll appear in the deck name, but you also get a playmat that matches the art on the deck and the houses, and all of that's on the playmat with your name on there and everything. Um, all because they can just print this stuff on demand now, because that's what he developed with his company before he even bought Keyforge. It's kind of even cooler than that. So what you do is you give them the characters, and they feed it into their algorithm. And so the what the name that will end up being on the deck you get is y- the characters you give them plus some fluff. So like Chris Steele, the podcaster of all, I don't know, like anything that they have already in their algorithm might be added to the name that you give them. So that's going to make it so fun. Yeah. Now, um, Michael asks how many days are left on the campaign. We are not, we don't work for Ghost Galaxy. We wish them the best. Sydney is actually talking to Christian apparently like every single day. Um, (laughs) But that's for other things, for her podcast related stuff. But um but we will say that we do want this podcast or this podcast to be successful. Yes, yes. Um, but also we want the campaign to be successful. <laughs> and there's seven days left. So if you're listening to this on a Tuesday, you have until next Monday to um, back. Now there's a number of pledge levels. The lowest one is a starter set, and then you can also get like a six deck um, pledge level. So I actually wanted to come back to the starter set because it's something that we mentioned earlier in the podcast about how they fixed. Playing a random deck as your first deck, ruining your experience. So what they're doing for their starter set, and this has been confirmed, is they will give a comprehensive rules. It'll still be a quick guide. So by comprehensive, I don't mean like a book. What I mean is like a a rule, all the basic rules that you need to know to play the game. But the decks that will come in the starter set are pre-planned cards, and they aren't even full decks. So they won't be 36 cards. They'll just be all of the cards you need to be able to act out and specifically create the examples that are in the rules. So you will be able to learn the game and how to play with what they provide. And they don't need to provide in that starter set decks that are the same like FFG did to where every deck is unique except for the two and all the starter sets. However, the deck, the starter set does include two unique decks. Yes, actually unique, like not for the, not as the starter set decks, but as just unique decks within the starter set. Yeah, so two partial decks to learn from and then two decks that you can just play with, um, which is interesting because this is the first time they've created non-unique decks since the very, very first um, starter set. Um, and then Michael also asks, um, are the new decks compatible with the old? Yes, they are completely compatible with the old. And as far as we know, all of the old sets and decks are still going to be um, competitively. Com- well, I don't want to say competitively because they're all kind of all over the place, but um, they're going to be compatible with everything going forward. They don't plan, at least publicly that we know of, they don't plan to like remove anything of the old sets. So at what point can I go crazy on how awesome the Well, I want to give Kitty is. a chance to talk because she's been watching <laughs> football this entire time. And I want to do a test to see how much she's been paying attention. Because I did give her homework. I gave you homework to say, hey, here's the Game Found campaign. Mm-hmm. Click it. Did you back it? No. Yet. I have not Maybe. backed it. 
So what do we miss? What questions do you have? Because you were you got out way before we did. Mm-hmm. So if you were to pick up a deck now, or if you were to look at this campaign, what would you question? What would you think? Why should I get back into it? What would what questions would come to your mind? That silence just got cut. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hmm. So my problem with the game was that at a time where my brain was turning into pudding things got much more complicated. I knew the rules of the game as it was. The first two sets, I I felt like I had a good handle on. I felt like I could be competitive. I wasn't, you know, like at the same level as you guys are Doug. But I was, um, you know, like in the top you 200 own. players. I was yeah. not that far below getting an invite to Worlds. There was discussion of putting me on a team at some point, but I was just too pregnant for that. <laughs> um <laughs> But it, they started adding these rules. And like I said, Chris just came in and destroyed me. And I did not enjoy the deck buying aspect as much as you guys did. And I didn't have Doug's just dumb luck of opening up <laughs> the best decks in the world. And I don't know how he does it, but he always does it. <laughs> I also think that... Doug could play the worst deck ever and still win a championship with it because the guy don't is insane. Know what he does, I don't know. He just grocks games. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. And maybe it's hard for me because I was so tied up into the hyper competitive scene with you guys, and you were the only people that I really had that I hung out with and played this game with. So it was very hard to be casual about it with you guys <laughs> um, yeah, we've been playing a, some lately and i will just open a random deck and be like i don't know what this is i'm just gonna play it you play whatever you want yeah uh-huh. i'm going to an event in two weeks that is it's a charity event and so they were throwing it they planned it even way before um the the campaign even launched and so it's just kind of cool it's it's coming at a really great time but because it is coming at a really great time People are starting to flock to it, which means the the field of players is getting a bit more and more competitive as time goes on. So I'm the deck that I'm picking to play against whatever Chris opens is the one that I'm going to play there just so that I don't look like a an embarrassing new player when I And if it makes you feel better, Kitty. Uh-huh. This is one of Sydney's most competitive decks. I've opened three random decks and beat her every single time. That is accurate. <laughs> so it's still Keyforge, and it's still, like, it, the thing is, I don't want anyone to think that the decks, actually, maybe everyone should think that the decks are the only thing. There's no skill in Keyforge. <laughs> you just get a good deck, and you're going to win. Um, but that's not really the case. No, the problem it's is, absolutely not the you case. Can, yeah, you can be amazing and still get a bad deck and not have be able to do anything with it. Um and we've argued back and forth and you know got into real arguments about, like, is it the deck or the player? Like, who's better? And I will say that I think I'm settling on 75% player, 25% deck. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Ass- thanks. Thanks for that. Well, assuming <laughs> assuming the deck is um, viable. Like, there's a bell curve yeah. to everything, right? But if exactly. you're in the top, yeah. If you're in the top, you know, I don't know, two standard deviations of the bell curve or whatever, I don't know, statistics. Um and you're a good player, you're going to, you know, be bubbled to the top. And you can see this by looking at sealed tournaments and seeing the same people time after time after mm-hmm. time 
bubbling to the top. They didn't just get lucky and open the best deck every time. They are really good players, and they know how to use the decks that are being opened for them. I was going to say, they also know... um, The thing is, because you can also just... Like, there are Keyforge podcasts out there. And when I was... Because I was trying to start to get back into it, because I feel like there was this, like, oh, maybe it'll come back right before they announced the, like, oh, by the way... We lost algorithm <laughs> that summer where everyone was getting hopeful. Things were reopening. Maybe we'll have events again. Um, I started listening to podcasts. I started doing more research. I felt like I can do this because especially going into sealed tournaments, knowing what the combos you're looking for, knowing what the cards are, knowing how to play, being professional at the table. Like, this is how I do my things. I'm going to, you know be the person who does everything this certain way gives you a huge leg up in a competitive scene. And just being able to do those things, regardless of what kind of deck you open, gets you so far in some circumstances. Yeah, I'm really interested to see if some of the competitive players online who have bubbled to the top will in fact hold that title in person. Because when the on- the online game, you're playing the same cards, but it takes so much less of a mental strain. You're oh, yeah. just simply choosing the right thing at the right time. And you're not actually holding it all in your head. Like the fact that in like real life play, you get two minutes to look at your opponent's Archon card. And then you do not actually get to see... By the way, hopefully that changes, but yes. But you don't actually get to see what is in their deck at any point in time after that. And so, but online, you could just check it at any point. Yeah. Yeah, You also don't remember what you've discarded. You don't remember what they've discarded. It doesn't automatically forge the key for you at the beginning of your turn. You have to remember to flip it. You have to do this. You have to take the amber. You have to manage that your opponent is doing those things as well. There is so much and you're nervous. There's a buzz in the room. There's craziness going on. Players are going to come in late and put you on tilt. Like there is so much more in person going on than there is online. Yeah, I do want, and Michael, thank you for all these questions. These are great questions. But so Michael, this is, this is a question. I'm going to call this a question. (laughs) Is it weird that there's an algorithm that was created to keep the decks equal, that there are better decks than others? So that is a fallacy. The algorithm was never meant to keep decks equal. In fact, Richard Garfield, the designer of the game, he wanted a completely random algorithm. The only thing he wanted to have input into the deck creation was rarity. That was it. And the houses. And uh, Well, yes, you have three houses with 12 cards each, but ultimately the only other like thing in the algorithm would be the rarity. And when doing that, you can create garbage decks and you can create (laughs) completely broken decks. And he's like, no, 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 that's the fun of it. So that there is a certain fun to it. Unless you're the one opening up the garbage deck across when the person just opened up the broken deck. And when you look at the first set and the first iteration of the first set, it was fairly close to that kind of thing. And we Mm -hmm. found some really broken decks. Like those are the decks that... There have been rules rewritten because of some of the (laughs) shenanigans you could pull with those decks. (laughs) Right. So the algorithm isn't necessarily meant to balance decks. The algorithm is meant to make sure decks are playable. So again, I mentioned, you know, if it mentions, if a card mentions goblins, making sure there's goblins in the deck. Um, and there's lots of different variations of that theme in there. Um, limiting certain cards to only one ofs. Like even if it's a common card, there could only be one copy of this card in any given deck. Um, 
So those are the types of things that the algorithm does, and it generates a bell curve. And most decks are going to fall in that middle. 70% of the decks are completely competitive against the other 70%. And then there's going to be 15% that are just really on the bottom of the barrel. They're they're pretty <laughs> bad. And then you're going to get 15% of decks that are really top tier and really, really competitive. So that's sort of what this does. And it, it doesn't do it on purpose. Like the algorithm wasn't designed to do this. It's when you have so many moving pieces... You just have to make some general rules to say, okay, just don't generate anything that's really busted. And let's see what comes out of it. Because the first set had 250 cards. Each deck had 36 cards. And still, at that point, there were like a trillion combinations. As soon as the second set came out, there were an uncountable number of combinations. And, you know, so now it's even more uncountable. It's like so many different ones. Um... So yeah, so there's about 250-ish cards per set. In any given set, there's about 150-ish new cards. And then like, you know, a decent number carried over from previous sets. Um, So you'll get to know some cards and you'll see new cards. All of these things just make this deck or make this game incredibly unique. Now, we did talk about Soulforge, which is a copy of this. It is nowhere near Keyforge, but Sydney has uh, something that she wants to say. Oh, I just wanted to say that was a fantastic place for me to talk about a, a single thing in the Game Found campaign because the algorithm does keep decks in check. But one of the one of the oh yeah <laughs> one of the I guess it's only an add-on. You get it. It's a stretch goal. So if you back them, you get one. But it's going to be an add-on where you can also purchase more is what they are calling, what Ghost Galaxy is calling the Unchained deck, which means literally no algorithmic restrictions. Well, they turn off most of the rules. So basically just the rules that Chris stated earlier, where it's three houses and rarities, and that is it. That is the only restriction. So there can be busted decks. There can be broken decks. There can be decks that don't, if they reference a goblin, don't have goblins. So basically allowing the algorithm to run wild and they won't be tournament legal decks, but they'll be fun. They'll be what <laughs> was, Keyforge could have been. Say, it sounds like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> um, yeah, they're not tournament legal. Although there has been some buzz in the community about having unchained tournaments. So, I'm very excited for that. Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of a fun, okay, this was generated without any rules type of thing. Um, but yeah, those those are fun too. All right, so let's talk about the new set. Um, We're pretty far in, but the new set's gimmick is token creatures. So if you don't have enough creatures on the board now, now every card can become a token creature, and every deck has a token creature associated with it. And the back of every card in that deck will have a picture of that token creature. So when the card's face down, you'll see what it is. And the cards interact with those token creatures. So how a token creature is created is that something in your deck will allow you the ability to create a token creature. So what you do is then take the top card of your deck and put it in your battle line. It is now the creature that is associated with your deck. So a card that wasn't originally a creature can now be a creature. Yeah. And there's a bunch of shenanigans that you can do around token creatures. Um, Now, they have mentioned that this mini mechanics will not get carried forward to new sets. So tokens are probably for just this set alone. And at the very beginning, we said there are 36 cards. It's not technically true. There are actually 38 in a modern Keyforge deck. Keyforge deck. Um, all Keyforge decks had 37 because you had an Archon card. Which is the list of cards in the deck. Yeah, with the, also with the QR code. Now they're 38. With the Starting with Dark Tidings, which is a Tide card, 
And continuing with um, uh, Winds of Exchange, which is the token card. I think one of the cool things about having the 38th card is that they do have some of the rules on the back. Like if your deck does include something that is random in it, that is a, a mechanic that is new, it might be on that card. Or anything. So like the back of your token card may tell you what poison is and what ward is because those particular keywords were mentioned in your deck. So it's kind of a quick reference to those cards. I like that. Yeah. So um, my first impressions of this set, <sighs> tokens, there's going to be a lot more creatures on the board. Unfathomable is already my least favorite set because of all the creatures on the board. So we're going to see. My second impression of the set is, I really hope it's great because I want Keyforge to come back. I love this game and I want to play it. I absolutely love the new house. So they are switching out houses again. And uh, a new house has been released for this set. Um, the uh, accountant house. Yes. the <laughs> Something of Equidon. <laughs> I should know this. I'm a horrible Keyforge player. But it is the accountant house. They're basically, uh, the art that uh, has been spoiled has a lot of uh, coins and tokens in it. And they have them uh, dealing. It's just the art is absolutely gorgeous. But it also, like, some of the, the spoiled. Uh, cards have included the Merchant Compacts of Equidon is the name of the house. And so I guess Merchant is in the name. So that gives it away. But some of the cards that have been spoiled have talked about some of the mechanics that have to do with like accountanty type things. And so I love it. Yeah. So this one here, action, look at the random card in your opponent's hand. You may give your opponent one amber. If you do, put that card, uh, right, play that card as if it were yours. So let me see your hand. Uh, here's an amber. I'm going to use this card. I'm buying Thanks. it from you. I'm buying it from you. So uh, they're they're kind of a fun little just faction in general. And I love that about Keyforce. They can just keep introducing factions. And um, the Crucible, which is the world that Keyforce takes place on, there's a role-playing game for it as well, which one of these days I'll actually run a one-off of. It's kind of a generic hey, everything just shows up on the Crucible and then there's these Archons that are fighting over vaults type of world. But they've actually gone a step further and, and created a lot of fiction and story around this The stuff. lore behind all of these houses is so incredibly intertwined. And the, the way that all of these factions, as you call them, have the houses have shown up into the Crucible is actually really interesting the way that they weave it in the, the novel and the short stories. So, um, Kitty, how was it playing Fletcher in today's episode? My team is doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles are just destroying the Vikings. Oh, I have not seen it. Hey, see at it least that. it's a callback to a previous episode at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. So, but anyway, um, that that was Sydney and I's fan coupling of Keyforge. I talked Keyforge too. I just you also did. got distracted for a minute there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would recommend everyone who's listening, and I and I mean this in all sincerity, go back at the fifty dollar level. If you have a GameFound account, just go do it. Fifty dollars, Novice of Crucible. Um, you get a bunch of free stuff for it now because you get the the starter set, two free decks. For instance, the starter set, you get an unchained deck. You get a... Yeah, I, if I'm not mistaken, it comes all... Um, I don't know if it is restricted by what level you've pledged at, but um, you get a deck that says Savior of Keyforge, which is a legal... Oh, yeah, a legal, special treatment. Legal tournament deck. So it's an actual just real deck, but they make the art um, include Savior of Keyforge written yeah. around it. So if you've never played Keyforge before, $50 for like 
I, I highly recommend this game. It's a two-player competitive game. So if you're just not into two-player competitive games, this isn't the recommendation isn't for you. But if you like these kind of games, if you ever played them, the investment is really low and you play it and you have fun with it. Or if you ever see either of us at a convention ever and you tell us that you bought Keyforge just because you listened to us, we will sit down and play with you. Oh, uh, fine. I will do what you would have tells me done do. that anyway. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> when has somebody come up to you and been like, hey, I'd like to play a game of Keyforge? And you're like, oh, no, I don't like that game at all. <laughs> yeah. That's probably never actually happened. But, um, but if you want a plushie and a bunch of decks and some unique decks and some play mats and some vinyl figures and, and the some full, special keys. The full I collector don't set think of cards. you're accurately remembering the pledge levels here. <laughs> um, then I recommend you get the Turner of Keys, which is a $750 pledge level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which we may both have already backed I at. did not back at this level. Oh, because we already had some of the stuff you didn't want. Right. You already had the one figure. So you backed at this level. And I'm like, you're insane. I'm going to back at the $450 level. <laughs> so it's this only is 420 ins- Yeah. This <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. So this is the insanity that is our household. We have given Christian Peterson $1,170 plus add-ons. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we want this game to come back. We want this game to do well. This game has done well. We've spent way too much money on this. Um, don't worry. I'll be giving away some decks of Keyforge uh, when this releases. If you're a, a spreadsheet nerd like me, there are people that are coming out with like average uh, this, that, and the other. Like, And GameFound also has its own stats. So comparing like the average amount per backer, the average pre- pledge level, the average add-on, and then also like the locations people are from and like the fact that once the... Um, the languages of the decks uh, stretch goal was hit. The pop up in in pledges after that stretch goal was reached. It's just so cool the the amount of data that you can collect from this. It's nice to see the game that died come <sighs> back. Inflation is making me sad because yeah uh, yes. yeah yeah. Decks a lot of people are talking about the shipping. Oh yeah, they inc- the, so the price was it, it used, used to be ten dollars a deck. Right? Ten dollars flat, yeah. 10. ten, like nine ninety nine or whatever. And now it's thirteen ninety nine, uh, or twelve twelve ninety nine. I think. Yep. So, yeah, so I'm looking at this like six decks for sixty five dollars. But and then yeah. it actually is a but good it deal. is actually a good deal. <laughs> if you don't want any of the fluff, everything is terrible now. Yeah, but you will for your fifty dollar investment. I'll call it an investment. The Savior Keyforge deck, which is the special um, uh, framing treatment. That deck alone, if you don't open it, will probably go up in value. Um, don't take my uh, like game investment don't advice. Take, don't take don't mine. Take, don't take um, Chris's game investment but advice. But you are, <laughs> but you are getting two free special edition decks at that price. The plus, Unchained and the Savior plus deck. the starter um, pack. Are as well. you? I thought so. you only got the Unchained deck if you pledge at the four hundred dollar level. Well, now you're making me check. All right, hold on. Um, All I see is $65 gets you six decks. So they had to remove um, a few things. So every backer will receive one additional Unchained deck with their pledge, and we will make Unchained decks available as an add-on. So that Mm. is Unchained will be for everything. Um, When you click into a particular pledge level, it may not show you those items because apparently if you add those items in there, then you can add them on as add-ons. And I don't know. It's something they're learning how to use GameFound. And so... There were some. Weird it's a bit confusing. On. I did, yeah, but you will. Chris get sent me this link, and I did read it all the way this morning. 
but that was a while ago. It's it been Monday so all day. <laughs> yeah, there's been an entire three quarters of a football game got that's gone on since then. So it's that's how that works. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so th- this sounded like an infomercial. Did we just do an infomercial? I just got to geek out about Keyforge. We might have done an infomercial and a history. There was a history podcast in there. What too. is an infomercial except somebody geeking out about a product? There is that, but we don't get paid to do this, which is really the sad thing. We should get paid to do this. I Let's just get a sponsor. People now know. The minimum amount we have spent on this game pound <laughs> campaign. I know. Yeah, well, when we tell people we have over a thousand Keyforge decks, you can do math. <laughs> We've won. Most of them most were not bought them. at retail prices. <laughs> most of them were AOA, bought at like a dollar a deck or something like that. We still have too, way too many. Um, and we've given away a ton. I usually just throw them in, in the mix. By the way, um, TGTCon t shirts will be popping up in people's mails shortly. They should be coming around the bend. And the next TGTCon will be in January, as currently tentatively planned. Woohoo! Um, someone had thrown out a date, and I said, that probably is a good date, so that will likely be what it is. I don't know what it is now, <laughs> but just clear your calendar for January. I going to say, because- uh, I have not cleared this date. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a day. Just don't be doing anything at all in January. Yeah, and I think also we may end up doing it Friday, 8 p.m. to Saturday, 8 p.m. But then, I don't know, somehow that doesn't feel right because I think we want to go later on Saturday. We'll figure out a time, but it's going to be a 24-hour window that we're going to be TGTCon. Uh, So if you missed this year's, that's okay. Next year's, we're going to do probably three of them, and it'll start in January. Woohoo! Yeah. Kitty, do you have anything to say that's not fantasy football related? (laughs) (laughs) I stopped myself. I don't know if you saw the thought and then the dismissal of that thought. But, uh, um... I want to enjoy Keyforge again, and I would like it if this was the thing that made that happen. But I worry that it just got too fiddly for me. Well, but I'll give it a shot. Back at, back at the fifty dollars level, and I will not back will at the fifty dollars level because if I'm going to back at a level, I'm going to back at the sixty-five dollars level because I don't want to start or set. Love it. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, back at the sixty-five dollars level. I'd rather have and, six decks than a starter set in two decks. Yeah. And it's really eight decks. Yes. So, yep. All right. On that note, why don't you take us out? And then you can update us at the very after post credits. I'm going to say that Kitty's going to update us about <laughs> fantasy football. But there might be something else super awesome. Who knows? <laughs> Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recording Monday nights at 8.30 Central. Join our Discord to, Discord to continue the conversation. We need to change that sentence. It kills me every week. So <clears throat> use the typing thing then and make the words different. I know, but I never think about it until I've already messed it up. <laughs> <sighs> Join our Discord where you can see me and Chris bicker like this all week long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is also where you can join other listeners and us in a constant stream of online games on Board Game Arena. The show notes have all the links you need, and you can go to tabletopgametalk.com for more information and to search our growing archive of episodes. 
Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keefe, Joe Punman, Leandra Holst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, woo, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yassi, Token Fan Forever, Michael Findlay, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Seed, Darren McClellan, David Garner, Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrip, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Huang, Sean P. Kelly, Christy Keel, Monica Wickman, Witchman, and Michael 27. Jerry Wong. Um, but other than that, I am just floored every time you do that because, yeah. Anyway, thanks to everyone who's ever been a patron. Sydney can read your names way better than I can. Go to our links to join us. Head next till next week. Keep in games and having fun. So, Kitty, update on the fantasy football? There are three football minutes remaining in this game. So about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it looks as though I am maintaining my number one position in our league. Whatever. And finally, there are three cards spoiled today on a podcast that I listen to sometimes called Help from Future Self. And we're going to echo... <laughs> The two cards, two cards. We're going to echo those cards now because now they're in the public domain and we're allowed to. So the first one, what I don't understand. Oh, this is the second one. This se- no, the first one. Let's do this one. Um, this one, I'm pretty sure was given to your podcast because of the name of it. And you guys never mentioned it. Actually, so both of them were. The other one also has a reference to time. It's in the, the we even talked in- about. <laughs> well, the first one is. It's called Future Booster. My, the name of my podcast is Help from Future Self. It is an artifact. It comes with an amber pip. And it says, Omni, look at the top card of your deck. You may put it on the bottom of your deck. And Omni means you can use it on any house's turn. And the flavor text is, I keep hoping it will boost my present, but no luck so far. And so, yes, obviously it was given <laughs> to us because of the name. And, and so that's a Star Alliance card. And it's a really good artifact. It's an artifact you can use whenever, regardless of the house you normally call. It's pretty powerful. Being able to look at the top card of your deck and choosing what to do with it, bottom of your deck or leaving it there, especially in a set with tokens which are going to utilize the top of your deck, it's pretty powerful. And then the other one is a Saurian card, which is the Dino House, with an Amber Pip called Pale Into Insignificance. It's an action that says, play, destroy each creature with the lowest power. And that makes a lot of sense for this house, but the flavor text is, the history books will remember my name by unknown. And this one has to do with the past, and Future Booster has to do with the future. So they not (laughs) only specifically gave us cards that had to do with the name of our podcast, but we didn't even notice right over your heads but now you've been able to correct it and all is good yes it's it's in the <laughs> airwaves so um yeah go back keyforge we don't make any money on that but patreon we do good night